Hey guys, this is April with the For Richer or Horror podcast, and the title might sound kind of weird. I'm going to be reading a creepypasta or um, a Reddit post, it's more accurate, uh, that I found on the r slash no sleep thread called The Day I Hired a Hitman. So this is like a 20 page story, so I'm actually only going to be reading half of it today, and then next week I'll finish the story. So chapters one to four today, and then five to seven next week. All right, so let's go ahead and jump on in. So I'm in some random Starbucks in the middle of downtown Las Vegas, typing this out for some reasons that are beyond me. I guess that if I die, I want at least someone to know what happened to me. You're probably getting the impression that I'm scared for my life, but you'd be completely wrong. In fact, I'm having the most fun I've ever had. This is by far the best game I've ever played. Now, enough of my babbling. Let me indulge you on why I hired a hitman on myself. So, it all started about four weeks ago. I'm sitting in my office, bored as hell, staring blankly into my computer, counting each individual white pixel on that goddamn screen. As I'm staring off into space, enjoying the peace and quiet of my own little world, I start thinking to myself, how did I end up this way? My life has boiled down to me sitting in this fucking cubicle for eight hours a day, eating and sleeping. I sure as hell didn't grow up thinking, boy, I'd like to spend the rest of my life filing acquisitions for some soul-draining corporation. I mean, I make good money, sure, but I don't even feel human anymore. It's like I'm just going through the motions. I have no kids, no girlfriend, no family that actually want anything to do with me. I'm completely alone. I need some adventure in my life, some excitement. Fuck, anything is better than what I'm doing right now. I was snapped out of thinking how pathetic my life was by my annoying ass boss asking me if I had finished with this week's paperwork. I hadn't yet, but I lied and told him I did. He told me in his I'm superior to you tone to have it on his desk tomorrow morning. Yeah, I'll get right on that, you self-centered prick. I finished up with the form I had been working on and turned off my computer. It was 5 p.m., signaling the end of another meaningless day. I got home and started thinking about what I could do to make life a bit more fun. I went through the usual ideas of a vacation, moving to a new city, maybe even a new car, yet they all felt short. I needed something really fucking crazy to go down. I wanted to drop a bomb on my former life and really get shit started. I started fucking around on the deep web looking at all the illegal shit that they have to offer. And then I saw an ad that said, have a problem in your life? Hire one of the cleaners to take care of it at Cthulhu's resume. Now my interest was piqued. I checked out their website and it was a site to hire a hitman. Then a thought popped into my head. What if I hired a hitman on myself? It'd be like a game of cat and mouse, and the punishment for getting caught would be, of course, death. I was curious to see what their guidelines were and to see how far they would go to eliminate a target. So I emailed them, saying I had a problem I wanted to get rid of. Within three hours, I got a response back, informing me of all the details of the business and the range of prices it would cost me. I didn't respond right away, allowing myself time to think carefully of what I would be getting myself into. The more I thought about it, the more excited I got. This was the ultimate adventure game, like a real life video game. 
I would have someone that would spend night and day hunting me down and I would have to spend all my time hunting them down. The first person to find the other wins and the loser dies. It was perfect. So I went into work the next day knowing that it'd be my last day there. I did what every cubicle monkey dreams of doing. I told my boss that he could go fuck himself, told the smoking hot receptionist that I wanted to bend her over the desk and fuck her brains out, and destroyed every last form and file I had in that shithole prison just to make things harder for all the douchebags I worked with. Then I got to work on setting everything up. I went out and bought myself some new toys at the local gun store. Bought myself a new 9mm Glock, a PS90 assault rifle, and my crown jewel, a Barrett 50 cal sniper rifle. I also stopped by this nifty little spy store in my city and picked up a few things. A few objects with discreet cameras in them that allowed me to watch them through my phone, bug detectors, and a voice changer. I then took out $30,000 from my savings account and converted it into bitcoins. After all that was completed, I contacted the man who had first emailed me and gave him all of my info, told him that this man could be very hard to catch as he travels a lot and that he may be armed. I told him that I didn't want just one of their regular cleaners on this job. I wanted the best they had to offer. Shortly after sending the email, I received a message back informing me that they would send one of the best, but it would cost a bit more. He also said that as soon as I sent the payment, they would get started. The last line of the email he sent made me realize shit was going to get serious very quickly. Just a quick warning for you. Once the payment is sent and confirmed, there is no going back. The job will be taken care of and there's nothing that can be done to stop it. Perfect. I sent the payment immediately and got a confirmation email back that it was received and that someone would be sent out the next day to my location. Now the real fun can begin. So that's the start to the shit show I created for myself. And like I said, it's been loads of fun. I've been in the Starbucks for about two hours now and I need to get going as I can't stay in one location for too long. I'll update tomorrow with the rest of my story so far if people are interested. Wish me luck. Chapter 2 I had gotten confirmation that my payment was received and someone would be sent out the next day. I started packing all the belongings in my apartment that I would need as I wouldn't be able to return until after this was all completed. I packed about a month's worth of clothes, all my electronics that I would need, all my guns and spy gear that I had bought myself, and a few other miscellaneous items like toothbrush and shampoo. Once everything was packed up, I went over to a friend's house that had an older car for sale that was registered in his name. I asked him if I could trade him cars for reasons I couldn't get into and gave him $2,000 to just keep my car in his backyard and look after it. I figured if this hitman agency was any good, they'd look up my DMV records and know what kind of car I was driving and my license plate, which would make it a lot easier to find me. He agreed and told me to look after myself and to be careful. So I set out back to my old apartment that night to put all the things I had packed into the trunk and back seat. I also set out a little note on my coffee table in the living room that said, Tag, you're it, just to fuck with the guy and to give him a little heads up that this wasn't going to be an average hit. What fun would it be if he didn't even know that this was a fun little game? 
I now have everything I need to go on the hunt in a car that couldn't be traced back to me. Before the day ended, I went to Walmart and picked myself up a prepaid smartphone and then dismantled my old phone so I couldn't be tracked via GPS. Before it got too late, I also stopped by the little spy shop again and picked up a magnetic GPS locator. You know, the kind that Walton Hank from Baking Bad put under Gus Fring's car to follow him? After that, I was fully ready to do this. No turning back now. I went back to the area around my apartment at about 11 p.m. and parked about two-thirds to three-quarters of a mile away to wait. No way I could stay the night there and allow that guy to get the drop on me while I was sleeping. I sat on the passenger side of the car to make it look like I was waiting for a friend to come back to the car and to not freak the people out who lived in the apartments I was in front of. They said they'd be sending him out the next day, so I had to sleep in the car and wait for him to arrive. I went to sleep around midnight and woke up around 7 a.m. I took out my nice deer hunting binoculars and waited, and waited, and waited. I finally got hungry enough to convince myself I needed to eat, so I went to a little fast food joint and picked up a few burgers. I went back and parked in the same spot I was before. It was around 5 p.m. at this time, and I figured this guy wasn't going to come during the day, so I fucked around on Reddit for a few hours until it got dark. I finally got bored of Reddit, so I went back to watching my apartment. Around 10 p.m., I watched an all-black car with dark-tinted windows. I think it was a Chrysler 300. But it pulled up a few hundred feet from my apartment on the other side of the street. It looked a little bit fishy on account of that it had out-of-state license plates, and I'd never seen it in my neighborhood before, so I started to watch it. It just sat there for about 10 minutes, presumably checking out my house, then it drove away. Huh, well that was weird, I thought to myself as I had the biggest grin on my face. I knew this was my guy. I tried to sleep that night, maybe got a few hours in around 1 o'clock, but I was so excited with anticipation that I couldn't get a full night's rest. I woke around 3, maybe 3.30 to check everything out, so I started fucking around on Reddit again to pass the time. Around 4 a.m., the same black car pulled up in the same spot it was before. About two to three minutes of waiting there, the lights shut off and a man got out. He was a bigger guy around my height, six foot, but way bigger muscle-wise. Dude can definitely beat the shit out of me in close quarters combat, so I knew I couldn't let that happen. The guy was also dressed really nice in a suit. What a fucking stereotypical hitman. I thought to myself, I noticed I had the biggest grin on my face again. I felt so alive. The man walked across the street and sure enough went up to my apartment. He took a key out of his pocket, put it in the lock and slammed on it with his small metal brick thing. I knew it was a bump key. He then entered my apartment and shut the door behind him. About 30 seconds after he did that, I used the binoculars to focus on his license plate and wrote down the number. After about five minutes, he came out and put something in his pocket. I'm pretty sure it was a gun. He also had something else crumbled up in his other hand. He threw it in the gutter, got back in his car, and drove off. I waited about an hour and went to go see what he threw out. Sure enough, it was the tag note I left for him. I started laughing hysterically and knew this was going to be a lot more fun than I could have ever have hoped. I went back to my car and tried to catch a few hours more of sleep. When I awoke, the sun was already up. It was around 8 a.m. I drove off to another one of my buddies' house, who worked for the DMV to get some info from him. He wasn't there, so I went to his work to find him. 
After about 15 minutes, when he was in between helping people, I walked up to his counter. He was surprised to see me and greeted me with a what's up, man? Sat down without saying anything to him and slipped in the piece of paper with the license plate number on it. What's this? He asked. I just looked at him and said, don't ask questions. I need the info of the person who these plates belong to. Dude, I can't give that information to you. I can get in a lot of trouble. I pulled about 200 bucks from my wallet and slipped it to him and said, please, dude, this is really important. This guy wants to kill me and I need this information. My life depends on it. Here's 200 bucks. I know you and your wife have been hurting for money. He looked at me with a really serious look and muttered under his breath, fuck man. He took the money and put it in his pocket, started typing on his computer. He then got up from his chair and told me he'd be right back. About a minute later, he came back with a few sheets of paper. This is everything I got on the guy. I looked at him again with a really serious face and said, don't mention this to anyone, even your wife. This guy is really dangerous and I don't need you getting involved. Make sure no one can trace back the fact that you looked up this information. He looked back at me and said, okay. As I was getting up to leave, he said, take care of yourself, man, and be careful. I told him that I would, and then I couldn't thank him enough. I walked back to my car and started studying the piece of paper, and once again had a huge grin on my face. I now have a bunch of this guy's information in my hands, and I know who I was dealing with. I'm not disclosing the man's name due to concerns for myself and his family, so we'll just refer to him as Mike. Mike was 35 years old, was registered to an address in Arizona, like I thought it was a black Chrysler 300. Now that I had the info I needed, it was time to stake out my house a bit more. When I got back, it was around 1pm, and I parked a bit further away this time. I sat in my car for about another hour, and when 2pm rolled around, I saw the same black 300 roll up, about two blocks away from my place again. Further away than the last time, but close enough to watch the place thoroughly. I was only about a mile away from him, and he didn't even know it. Chapter 3 I had just gotten back around the area of my apartment and had seen Mike parked down the street from my apartment. At this point, I was done just watching him trying to watch me all day, so I decided I needed to test his abilities out. I went a few miles away to an old Motel 6. I walked in and a nice older man was running the front desk. I walked up to him and asked if I could book a room. He said yes, that'd be fine, so I paid with my debit card. I also handed him an envelope and told him if he saw a man wearing a suit about my height asking for anybody to hand this envelope to him. He stuttered a bit, trying to get out that he doesn't do that type of thing, but his attitude changed real quick when I pulled out a $100 bill and handed it to him. Oh, of course, sir. If he comes in, I'll give it to him. I then went about another five miles away to another Motel 6 and paid for a room with my debit card again. I handed this lady another envelope and pulled out a hundred and described my tur. If he comes in here, just hand him the envelope and he'll leave. She handed me my room key and I left. I then went across the street to a bit nicer motel and booked a room with cash. The room was on the second story and had a clear view of the Motel 6 across the street. You might be wondering what was in the envelopes and why I booked three rooms. Well, first off, I needed to see if they were monitoring my bank accounts, and secondly, I wanted to see what his reaction would be when he finally realized that I led him to two dead ends. 
The envelopes were just two pieces of paper. The first one said, try again. And the second one said, so close yet so far away. Now to just wait. I got up to my room and took a shower because I desperately needed it. I then set up one of the hidden cameras that I had bought from the spy shop outside my room facing the entrance to the front desk of the hotel, the motel across the street. I went back inside and waited. About two hours later, wouldn't you know it, the black car pulled up into the parking lot. As it sat there, I looked at the GPS tracker I had bought a few days prior and knew I had an opportunity to put it on his car so I could track him. The only problem was, if I even attempted to go close to his car, he'd know I was there and might even start shooting at me. I pushed the curtain of the window to the side and looked around and saw a couple of teenagers on bikes fucking around in the parking lot of the motel I was in. I put on a baseball cap and went downstairs, trying to face away from Mike's car the whole time. I walked up to a soda machine that was downstairs and yelled at the kids to come over to where I was while waving a $100 bill in the air. After I'm sure those kids would love some cash to fuck around with or buy some pot. After looking at each other, they came over to me and asked what I wanted. I pulled out the GPS locator out of my pocket and told him if they wanted to make a quick buck, all they had to do was wait for the man in the black car across the street to get out, walk into the lobby of the motel, and hide it underneath the bumper somewhere where he wouldn't have a hard time finding it. How are we supposed to do it without him figuring out what we're doing? One of them asked. I thought about it real quick and said, Just ride your bikes behind the car and one of you pretend to fall, then as you're on the ground, stick it underneath. They all looked at each other again and snickered and agreed. I turned it on and handed it to one of them. I then handed the $100 bill to another one of them. As he grabbed it, I held on to it, and he looked at me with a questioning face as to why I wasn't letting go. They all looked back at me, and I looked at each of them dead in the face and said, if you kids just run off with my GPS tracker locator and my 100 bucks, I will find each of you and kill you and your families. I'm not the type of guy you want to fuck with, got it? Their smiles quickly faded, and they all nodded. I'll be watching from somewhere to make sure that the job is done. You boys have a nice day. They slowly turned back around and rode off across the street, not knowing what I had just said was just a bluff. I took the back stairwell back up to my room. As I got in to check the camera I had planted, Mike had just gotten out of his car and was walking across the parking lot. Just as he entered to check into the building of the motel, the kids entered the camera's frame. Just as they got near the back of the car, one of the kids fell and I saw he reached his arm underneath the car. He then got up and they rode off. About a minute later, I saw Mike leaving the motel lobby. He opened the envelope, read the paper, and then crumpled it up and threw it on the ground. He then got out his phone and called someone while walking to his car. He got in and left after putting the phone back into his pocket. I had another huge grin on my face knowing I was slowly winning the game. I got onto my laptop and watched the little red dot slowly go further and further away. About an hour later, I decided to go check on what Mike was up to, hoping to find the location of where he was staying. I drove to the area where the GPS locator was stopped at. I parked about a half mile away and started walking towards his location. It was a little parking lot for a Mexican food restaurant, but as I scanned the parking lot, his car wasn't there. I walked up to the front of the restaurant could see the entrance. There was a little manila envelope. I walked up to it and opened it. All that was inside was my GPS locator note that said, tag, now you're it. My smile and thoughts were cut short as a little hole exploded out of the pillar I was standing by. 
As I ducked behind the pillar, another hole was created in the brick wall that was now in front of me. Fuck, he's shooting at me. Where's the sound of the gun, though? I thought quickly. He must have a silencer. Shit, shit, shit. I completely fell for his trap. I'm such a fucking idiot. What the fuck do I do now? I pulled out my 9mm and peeked my head out from the pillar. I couldn't see him. Fuck! I had no choice but to run. He was closing in on me. I ran into the restaurant, went through the kitchen as a whole bunch of Mexicans were yelling at me, and darted out the back door. I ran down the alley that the back door led to, my adrenaline pumping. As I neared the end of the alley, I heard something whiz by me, tearing the side of my shirt. Almost out of the alley, I ducked behind a big metal dumpster. I chambered around, popped out a bit, and shot twice at him. A loud-ass bang-bang sound shot as the bullets exited the end of the barrel. Fuck, everyone around is going to hear that, and this guy has a goddamn silencer, so he doesn't need to worry about that. I needed to get the fuck out of here before the cops showed up. I darted out of the alley, and as I rounded the corner, I heard another bullet strike the brick wall. I looked back and saw a huge chunk taken out of the corner. I ran and ran as fast as I could back to my car, trying my best to make sure he didn't follow me. As I got in and took off, I looked back to see Mike running around the corner, looking around, trying to find me. For a guy his size in a suit, he sure is pretty damn fast. I then hit a red light with a few cars around me, and I could still see him running in my direction, trying to look for me. I could tell he still didn't know what kind of car I was in by the way he was frantically looking around. He kept getting closer and closer until finally he was right beside me on the other side of the street. The only thing that was between us was another car in the left lane. Come the fuck on, light. Turn fucking green. I was fucking hysterical at this point. The man that wanted to kill me was about 15 feet away from me and all he had to do was look hard enough through my tinted windows and he knew that it was me. He then continued walking and pulled out his phone. Right as he hit the street corner, the light turned green and I fucking gunned it. As soon as I knew he was away from me, I started laughing louder than I've ever laughed before. I was so close to death and yet I never felt more alive. This is exactly what I needed, and I already couldn't wait for another encounter. Only next time, it would be on my terms. I got back to my motel room and got upstairs. I sat down on the bed and started thinking about what had just happened and planning my next move. I was such a fucking idiot for falling for that trap. He had to have seen those kids plant that thing, and he, or he had some kind of bug detector like mine that could find planted electronics. I didn't know which one, but I did have a few pieces of valuable information. They were monitoring my bank accounts, he had a silencer, and is not afraid to shoot in public, and from what I saw, he's not bad at his job. I had just gotten extremely lucky that I switched cars and he didn't happen to see me. I collapsed on the bed, exhausted as the adrenaline wore off. About 15 minutes had passed as I lay on my bed, contemplating everything, and I got a phone call. I looked at my phone and it was a number that I didn't recognize with a 480 area code. I answered, Well, hello there. You left so soon we didn't even get to play. Who is this? I asked like a dumbass. I knew who it was. Don't worry about who I am. It's yourself that you need to worry about. I started laughing. Oh, Mike, my buddy, it's you. I didn't think. How do you know my name? He snapped. You shouldn't interrupt people while they're talking, Mike. It's quite rude. As I was saying, I didn't think I needed to worry about myself too much. I'm it now, though, so I'll be seeing you soon, I said. A few minutes of silence followed. It sounded like he was in a car. You'll be seeing me sooner than you think. And then he hung up. 
I don't know what he meant by that, but I needed to get the fuck out of this hotel and into a new one. I wrote down the number he'd called me on and I packed all my stuff up and got out of there as quickly as I could. As I was leaving, all I could think of was how the fuck he got my number. I threw the phone out the window and kept driving. As I was driving away, I saw his car pull into the motel parking lot I was just at. Anyways, once again, I need to get going. This bar I'm at called The Blind Tiger is packed, but I've been here for too long and I need to get back to my hotel. I also need to start prepping for tomorrow. Thanks for reading, guys. Until next time. Chapter 4 I ended the last update with me driving away from the motel parking lot, and after a few seconds of me pulling out, Mike pulled in. If I had left even a few minutes later, he would have caught me in my room packing my shit or me packing everything up into my car. Did he think I was an idiot that wouldn't change places after he'd ended our conversation with, you'll be seeing me sooner than you think? Or maybe he's just having as much fun as I am with this game. After all, you don't take up this line of work without at least partly enjoying killing people. I'm probably giving him the same rush he's giving me in that he probably doesn't expect his clients to actually go after him or even know that he's coming. Anyways, I got to my next hotel and took a shower I desperately needed again. After I got out of the shower, I passed out on the bed after having almost been killed a few hours prior. When I woke up, I knew I needed to get going again. After all, I was it. I went to Walmart to pick up a new phone and some supplies to make a few suppressors. Yes, I said suppressors instead of silencers. Anyways, as I was walking down the aisles, watching all of the fat-ass Americans on their scooters because they're too fucking lazy to walk, I started contemplating about how Mike even got my phone number. I picked up my new phone and a few cans of cheese whiz, along with a few other supplies for my suppressors. And no, I'm not going into how I made them. I just pulled the first guide online that showed me how to, and they were a real pain in the ass to make. A few of you guys' suggestions on how to make them seemed a lot easier. Anyways, as I was checking out, I took out my cash and looked at the phone I was about to buy. It dawned on me that when all of this started, I paid for my first throwaway phone with my card. I'm such a fucking idiot. That's probably how he tracked me down. I paid for everything and got back to my hotel. The first thing I did was do some research to see if it was possible to get a phone's ESN or MEID number just from a purchase. It turns out it was possible to do. It was just a little bit difficult of a process going through Walmart's purchase database or the phone's manufacturer database. Fuck, another mistake on my part. If I keep fucking up like this, I'm gonna end up dead. I took the rest of the day to make the suppressors for myself, and they turned out pretty good. Except for the huge fucking cheese whiz mess I had to clean up. I now had one for my 9mm and one for my P90. After all that was done, it was dark out. I wanted to see if Mike would somehow be able to find me with no card activity or cell phone at his disposal. So, I waited. A day passed by then two, then three. After a week and three hotels later, I figured he was only able to track me when I used my card or slipped up somehow like anyone who doesn't know a hitman is following them would do. Unless he was watching and studying the whole time, which I doubt he was doing. By the end of the week of sleepless nights and constantly looking over my shoulder, I was almost completely out of cash on hand. I knew I needed to hit a bank or an ATM, but as soon as I withdrew some cash from my account, they would know I did and the location I got it from. After a bit of thinking about this, I figured I could 
actually use this to my advantage. So I set out to surprise little old Mike. After all, a week prior, he set me up, so I figured it was time to return the favor. I traveled about 30 minutes to the very outskirts of Northwest Las Vegas. I found an area that seemed perfect, my bank on one side of the street and a desert with lots of boulders and Joshua trees on the other side. As I was surveying the area, on one of the corners near the bank, I saw an ATV with a for sale sign on it. I went to the door and rang the bell. A nice, typical suburban dad answered the door with his little girl, right behind him hugging his leg and looking up at me. Can I help you? He asked. Yeah, I actually saw that you had that Yamaha ATV for sale and I was wondering how much it was. He told me it was 1500 bucks, and I told him that I was interested. We shot the shit for a while and he told me about his family and that they had just had another little girl, so he had not the time or money to keep this thing around. My time of fun and fucking around is on hold for the moment, I guess, he said laughing a bit. I laughed back and while I was looking at him, I kind of envied him. If I had a girl I loved a lot and some little ones that meant the world to me, I wouldn't be doing what I was currently doing. But that's neither here nor there. Sorry, I'm rambling. I told him that I was interested in getting it now and asked if it was okay if I ran to the bank to grab some cash. He told me that was fine and he would be waiting outside. I got to the bank and as I was about to put my card into the machine, a thought grabbed my attention. As soon as you pull out this money, you're going to be on a time slot until Mike comes and checks out the area. I mentally prepared myself and pulled out the cash. It was time for us to meet again, this time on my terms. I ran back to the man's house with the ATV and he was outside checking everything out on it. I handed him the cash and gave it a quick test drive around the neighborhood. I got back in a minute or two and thanked him for his time and wished him luck on his newborn. I got back in my car and told him I was going to park it around the corner at the nearby park and come back for the ATV as I was going to be riding it today. He said that was fine and I took off. As soon as I parked the park, I literally ran back to his house and hopped on the ATV. I had just pulled out the cash and knew Mike couldn't possibly be on his way already, but something inside me knew I couldn't involve this nice gentleman that I had just bought this thing from. I wouldn't put it past Mike to break into their house and kill everyone in there just to get a hint of my location. I drove the ATV back to the park and parked it right behind my car. I got my backpack out from the back seat and put my homemade suppressors and my 9mm in there. I slung the P90 on my back and also rolled up a few paper targets and put them into my pack just in case I got stopped eventually by the police. At least I had an excuse that I was practicing my shooting out in the desert. I eventually got about 400 to 500 yards out in the desert across from the bank. I set up one of the targets and fired two shots from my homemade suppressors from each gun. They both worked really well with only a small sound coming out of each of them. The sun started to set behind the mountains and I got up and parked my ATV behind a large boulder. When it got completely dark, I got on top of the boulder and lied down. I put on a black ski mask and a black shirt so I couldn't be noticed out in the open. I flipped the cap to my scope on the P90 off and looked through it. I could see the bank dimly lit inside as well as the parking lot. Now all I had to do was wait. It had been about an hour and a half to two hours since I had took out the money and figured Mike should be rolling by soon. I waited silently, just watching people come and go from the bank but no Mike. Around 11 o'clock or so, I finally saw his black car pull up. He drove around the bank once and then parked in the front of it. 
I immediately noticed that his plates weren't on his car, which struck me as odd. He got out and walked up to the ATM and had something in his hand with wires attached to it. He put it in the machine and turned his back to me. Perfect. I flipped my safety off and took the shot. Boom, center mass. He fell onto the machine and pulled out his own gun. How the fuck is he even moving? I shot him right through the fucking back. He ran and ducked behind his car. I aimed for his tires. Boom, back right tire, gone. Boom, back left tire, gone. At this point, he knew the direction I was shooting from and popped his head out. He shot twice in my direction, but he couldn't see me in the darkness. It was great. I had another huge smile on my face. Now, he knows what it's like to be trapped, you son of a bitch. But this time, you have no getaway vehicle. All right, guys. I was planning on going further than this, but I think I'm done for the day. As far as writing goes, I'll update tomorrow and hopefully finish this series up in the next few days. I'll stick around for a bit to answer questions and whatnot. Thanks for reading. Until next time. Alrighty, so that was part one of two of the day I hired a hitman. Or as I always call it, I hired a hitman on myself. What'd you guys think? Was it interesting? I thought so. Yeah, anyway, next week I will be finishing this story. This was just the beginning. Just the beginning. Let me tell you. But anyway, I hope you guys liked it. Um, yeah, that's all I really have to say. But yeah, okay. Bye!